Namaste friends, you're listening to Impact India, a podcast that deep dives into the epic stories and innovation coming from the startup scene in India, with a focus on travel, fashion, and tech. Each episode, I sit down with incredibly inspiring social entrepreneurs across the country to hear their story, learn about their initiatives, and listen to their why. Looking for the newest and coolest social impact brands in travel, fashion, and tech? Jump over to causeartist.com and join our community. Oh yeah, and I'm your host, Jasmine Rain, Director of Content at Cause Artist and Social Entrepreneur. I'm the co-founder and owner of Hada House, India's first zero-waste travel organization and hotel chain. You can connect with me on social media at Jasmine Rain. All right, no more stalling. It's time to meet India's next generation of impact influencers. Let's get it. In this episode, I sit down with Himantru Shaker, owner of India's first city cycling tour company, Delhi Bicycle. I'm a huge fan of Himantru's work at Delhi Bicycle and actually took our first Hada House tour group on his old Delhi cycling tour, which happened to be the highlight of everyone's trip. Himantru and I sit down over tea to chat about Delhi Bicycle and how they're shaking up the cultural norms around cycling, his passion for cycling, including his crazy trip from Mysore to Delhi, and his advocacy work for cycling lanes in the city. Check it out. Okay, so my name is Himanshu, Himanshu Shekhar, and uh, I am the owner of Delhi Bicycle and another travel company known as Gyan Yatra. So, um, yeah, I'm, I live in Delhi since 2008, and I can say I'm in love with Delhi. For me, it's more about uh, the city, the people, the stories. You have so many stories over here. So, for me, it's not just the work, or it's not like a work, but it's more like uh, telling people that what I really love. So, that's what the work is all about Amazing. for me to be in love with what I do. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your tours. Um, I'm excited to experience the first one. I want to hear more, you know, more in depth what happens. Yeah. <laughs> so um, what usually happens on our tour is, for sure, we call them a lifetime experience. And there is a reason that why, why we call them a lifetime experience. Because uh, in three to four hours, the time which people spend with us it's like one of the most impactful time uh, which they ever experience in their life. Like a lot of people tell us that, you know what, if we are going back home and telling our friends and family that we did something like this, no one is going to believe this, that we did something like this. So this is the impact which they feel about our tours. So they are one of the most impactful tours I think I have even personally done in my life. So as of now, we are doing like five tours in Delhi, uh, three in Old Delhi, one in New Delhi and one in South Delhi. The Old Delhi one are obviously our star tours and people, they just love our Old Delhi tours. Uh, it is all about uh, the way city was designed, the way Old Delhi is technically the heart of Delhi. It is the culture part of not just Delhi or North India, but you can call it like it is a culture part of the Indian subcontinent because there are a lot of things which came out of Old Delhi and spread all across Indian subcontinent, which includes cuisines which includes languages which includes tradition food ways and the way people dress everything whatever you can imagine it came out of old delhi in for the present and modern history so old delhi is a really amazing place and the way we do tours over there is to make people and to be to make people be the part of the system to be the part of that traffic to be the part of that organized chaos so technically it is organized chaos actually for sure absolutely so and then people become the part of that organized chaos in the next 10 or 15 minutes like 
like the way they arrive a lot of people arrive at our parking spots in their cars or trolls and someone is driving it for them and they're like shit are we even like gonna make it and then within the next 10 15 minutes when they are part of that traffic when they are part of that system and they're like oh yes anyone can do it and even we are doing this so it's amazing like that's why it's amazing for them that's what i think they love about these tours so when you talk about impact and it seems to come from this sense of you know being part of the delhi system is that kind of what what they're getting out of it yeah true actually um so i always tell people that you know it's going to impact all your five senses <laughs> in good bad and ugly manner <laughs> like you are going to smell the worst of the worst and you're going to smell maybe the best of the best you're going to see the best of the best and you're going to see the worst of the worst so all your five senses are going to work in good bad and ugly manner and even your sixth sense to save yourself so just imagine all your six senses are working for continuously four hours so that's how you become a part of the society that's how you become you know because you have to save your skin you have to smell it you have to see it you have to feel it so that's how it this all this become more impactful in a way that you become a part of this people that street that experience and that's how all the people become a part of that experience do you find that most people take who take the tour are already interested in cycling or you know this is just an interesting new idea or new way for them to experience delhi uh i think it's both mm-hmm. it's both like we meet a lot of people uh who are interested in cycling mm-hmm. and then at the same point of time we meet a lot of people who are not into cycling at all they know how to cycle they are good with cycles but they want to see delhi in a bigger and better way like they want to see more of old delhi and all our different routes uh, because it's easy to cycle more than to walk and those lanes are congested enough to not take any vehicle or something like that <laughs> so that's why a lot of times we meet a lot of people who are into both who want like they are good with cycles and i you know what i think there is something to do with the cycling tours actually they have their own charm so the people who did cycle tours somewhere once they fell in love with the cycle tours i think mm. and then they try to find out cycle tours in those cities because they know that the way you experience a city on cycles is completely different the way you experience it from a closed bus or a car or anything even by walking tour a cycle tour has a kind of its own you know that alright rush which gives you to that okay we experience the city at the same point of time we did something like this and we experience more so that's why i think it's a bit more than it's a kind of both, both kind of people were aware amazing um so how do locals you know see your your tours um you know cycling isn't a massive thing yet i mean there's definitely beautiful vibrant communities of cyclists around the country but yeah. you know people don't think to just get on a bike and start cycling around a crazy chaotic city yeah so you know how do people perceive them so the locals initially when we started the tours uh, years back uh they were not really comfortable with uh, having foreigners on cycles when at the same point of time they consider that cycles are a uh, cyclism mode of transport for the poor people mm. right okay. like that's a big that's a big thing in india that uh, people they consider cycles as a method of transport for the poor people if you are cycling they for sure consider that you are somewhere from the poor really poor background like for example i give you one example that what personally happened with me uh when i came back from mysore on my cycle all the way back i cycle all the oh way back oh my goodness from mysore yeah amazing <laughs> so 
I cycle like almost 3,300 kilometers from Mysore to Jim Corbett National Park. And I crossed all those Western Ghats, Central India, came to Delhi, and then finally cycled to Jim Corbett National Park. So, because I'm in love with cycling and the way you can explore anywhere, even a big country on cycle, it's completely different. So, when I came back to Delhi to settle down and to start something over here or to be with on my own, um, it was more like I was, I, I was trying to find a new flat to shift for sure and in Delhi it's easy to find a space to park car because you can park your car anywhere and even your motorcycle because you can park it anywhere but you cannot park your cycle anywhere true you need a space and most of these flats they don't have space to take the cycles inside so I used to call all these homeowners and ask them that uh, uh, hey do you have space to park my cycle like are the stairs are broad enough that I can take them on first floor second floor or do you have enough space on the ground for that I can park them and a lot of time, those owners used to ask me that, really, you have a cycle to park? Uh, can you really even afford the rent? <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my goodness. That's bold. <laughs> yeah. Like, literally, they asked me that, uh, are you sure you want to have this flat? So, indirectly, they wanted to ask that, can you really even afford the rent? Mm. So, that's how the mentality of uh, people are towards uh, the cycle thing and everything like that. So people in Old Delhi, initially they used to be a bit skeptical that, oh, you guys are coming on cycles. They used to, you know, shout behind us and they used to even sometimes tease us that, oh, oh, you guys on cycle, oh, the cycle people, oh, cycle guys, oh, cycle wallas, all those things. Mm -hmm. But later on they realized, okay, no, these guys are serious with the cycling, these guys are serious with the Old Delhi and they're not gonna change themselves just with our shouts and things like that. So now what we see is a drastic change within the people, the local people, like they are trying to help us out, they are trying to help the travelers that to navigate, if someone is lost, they are like, oh, this way the, your whole group is or something like that. So now over the period of time, what we can see is like people are getting a bit friendly towards cycles and especially towards us, but still people need to understand on ground level that you know, cycles are not just connected with your economic status, there's, there's more to do with the cycles. Yeah, because it's like you're associating poverty with an environmentally friendly yeah. option for transportation that seems, you know, it actually almost seems like an explanation for a lot of the reasons why, you know, commute, like the community in Delhi is no longer so resourceful and environmentally yeah. friendly because it's very focused on status. Yes, that's true. That's true. The people are more, mm. not just Delhi, but it's happening everywhere. Right. Like I imagine, mm. uh, and I remember going to my villages 10 years back and more people were on cycles. But in the last 10 years, India became the so-called monetary superpower or economic superpower. And money is reaching in almost all the hands. And what the people, first of all, they want to do is to buy a motorbike. The people who were on cycles, they want to buy a motorbike. The people who were on motorbike, they can just go to any showroom, deposit 50,000 rupees and they can get a car. So what's happening is people, they just want to shift from one economic status to the next one just to show that now they have more money. They don't need it actually, especially in the villages. I think cycles are more friendly than these motorbikes and and in India, especially in the last few years, there are more road accidents in villages than in the cities because those people, they are not trained enough to drive a motorbike. And you know what, I see this trend among various, you know, so-called developing countries yeah. like uh, I remember in Ghana it was like everybody just wanted to show off how much money they had so it was cars and bikes and designer clothes you know like all the basics and I guess I never even thought back to yeah that's 
that is a big reason to why people started or stopped doing things that were actually more environmentally friendly and actually more economical. Like you would save so much money if you just biked. <laughs> but <clears throat> yeah, you just made it really clear to me actually that this is very prevalent in many developing countries. Yeah. Whereas, you know, in, in the Western world, you know, you know, environmental action is actually the first priority and, you know, being budget friendly. So obviously you're seeing more cyclists. You're seeing, I mean, when I had left home in Toronto, uh, they had just redone all the bike lanes and it was really exciting. Um, and then of course there's like now all this drama between, like, between sharing the road or between like bikers and um, cars. But, um, you know, speaking of, of bike lanes though, you've just come back from a meeting yeah. Um, and you, sorry, you were meeting with who? So it was like the meeting with the uh, Housing Development Projects Ministry okay. in, in India, uh, in Delhi. So yeah, that was a kind of meeting where we wanted to discuss that what really can happen with the um, biking or cycling in India particular because it was more like the federal thing. Uh, and in Delhi, so... Yeah, it was not that because we know that there's not a lot of infrastructure thing which is in India and it is good to know that what the government is really planning for it. But then you get to know that government is planning nothing as of now. You know, and even if there are plans, they are still in the files, they are not coming reality in the picture and if someone is doing it, then the next one is coming and they're saying, no, that was not a really friendly project and then they're breaking it all down. Like it happened in Lucknow, the capital of Uttar Pradesh. Like the government before, they made cycle lanes and everything. Maybe those lanes are not that friendly, but the next one came and they just broke down all of them. So the, the government at large, like, is more car friendly because it gets you more money maybe. <laughs> of course. Uh, than the cycle friendly. So that's what happening at the federal and the state level of the governments. You don't think it would help then to meet with just state level government? Um, so that we need to explore more that how the state level government can help us uh, and uh, figure out the options with them and I think I personally think that so first thing in India is to stay away from bureaucracy as much as you can <laughs> it's a good <laughs> because, lesson <laughs> because once you are getting into it then uh, there's no escape right. so one need to be completely prepared for that and once you're prepared for that okay then go and talk because it takes a lot of time it takes a lot of uh, uh, resources and I think time is the most expensive resource which we have and you don't want to waste it running behind the files running behind the people and nothing is improving and the problem is that most of the people whom we are meeting in this bureaucracy they even don't understand the world of 2018 mm. they are still stuck in their 1990s <laughs> and maybe 1970s if I'm not wrong so they don't want to understand that okay what is the cycling thing how you can do it what's the perspective of it this in tourism how you can make these things more friendly with the tourists who are coming over here like they don't really understand the potential they're still stuck into their golden triangle age yeah so what do you personally think is going to get through to them i mean because it, it's not just it's not just cycling lanes it's it's just about anything modern it's it's like it seems impossible to implement to better the infrastructure of the city so like what what is what do you think is the next step really the next step is if you have an infrastructure have it specifically for that thing encourage people educate them like have some programs like where people can get to know that okay this is our right mm -hmm. like you cannot have a 
flower seller sitting on the uh, cycle road because there's a temple next to the cycle path. Like literally we face these things. We are riding on our cycle roads and suddenly there is a big tampo standing over there and when I when we ask them, okay, this is cycle path, they are like, no, but we park over here every day. <laughs> so it's like basic rights. We need them, you know. And if there is something, it should be used for the proper thing. Then only people will start using it regularly. You see that when you ride in Old Delhi, you see that the people, they are like literally uh, putting all their stuff on the cycle path because that's the empty space and they can get all their things on over there and then they can take those things to their shops. Like they are literally unloading and offloading and doing all the with, with their luggage over there. So then you see a cycle guy who is cycling next to the that uh, cycle path and that too on the main road. So people are not motivated enough or forced enough to use those places, like claim their space. Simple. If it's our space, we need it. And not just for us, it's beneficial for everything. Mm -hmm. And for everyone, it's beneficial for the environment, it's beneficial for the traffic jams, yeah. which people get over there. And I think it will encourage more and more people, specifically in at least one small cluster, to be on motorcycles. So I think that's what we government should start, like at least if you are giving some infrastructure, don't do it just for the sake that you signed a treaty somewhere in some other country or that for the sake of improving the environment, we will uh, get with cycle lanes, oh we created this so called 50 kilometer cycle lane, no, that's not just the thing, after creating those 50 kilometer cycle lane, you need to educate people to use them more, you need to encourage the traffic department and the traffic police, mm. the traffic police is not just for catching the people with the motor, motorized vehicle. They are also there for encouraging people who are using cycles to use the cycle lanes and to make sure that their cycle lanes are vacant and just for them rather than for unloading and offloading goods for the yeah. traders. <laughs> That's what they are doing, you know. Like, like I can give you more examples of old Delhi because I face it more every day. Oh, I can imagine. That how people are abusing the cycle lanes. Well, I didn't even realize that they were categorized as cycle lanes because you would never really know. <laughs> oh, yes. Because why you will never really know? Because suddenly you are cycling and then you see like at least 200 boxes <laughs> offloading over there. Then you will think that, okay, this may be this is the normal street. This is not a cycle lane. But technically those places are cycle lane. They are in fact, at some place they are colored as red to be different from the... Uh, from the main road. In fact, on the Chandani Chowk, which is the busiest, like the busiest street of Old Delhi, on Chandani Chowk you have lane, and it's specifically mentioned on those lanes that this is NMV, like non-motorized vehicle lane. So technically, you are not even allowed to ride on that lane, but everything is a mess. The authorities they don't want to take harsh steps because they don't want to make people feel sad maybe or they don't know I don't know <laughs> well, what they want I'm like I wish I, if, if that's how authority worked it's like they were afraid of making people upset oh yes I would be in a very messy world yes that's why that's why it's a messy place especially in the places where we feel because they are a bit afraid of making people a bit upset mm. they don't want to make people upset well I I love the way you talk about this because there's so much passion in your voice <laughs> Where did your passion for cycling come from? Okay, so that's something personal thing. Even I think, even I don't remember when I personally fell in love with cycles. So I was like, uh, I was somewhere on like three or four, I think two and a half or three year of age. 
I went to my village and I saw cycles and I fell in love with cycles. I started cycling uh, like the biggest design you can imagine, like those 32 inches big cycles, mm -hmm. old traditional one. So I was not obviously able to be on the seat. So I used to do it like a half, like hold the handle from my right hand, uh, the handle in the center and hold the left handle from my left and then put one feet over here, one feet over there and then cycle like a small kid can cycle, like right. hanging on the cycle <laughs> like this and then cycling. So that's how I <coughs> fell in love with cycles and at that point of time in uh, early 1995 I think it was impossible enough to imagine to even buy a cycle because obviously the uh, I don't think so my family was like there were obviously different financial commitments with the family because when you have a joint family you have a big family you have bigger financial commitments and you cannot give your kids cycle for the sake of luxury or something like that. So uh, I used to just take cycles of my friends, I used to take cycle of my uh, students of my dad who used to come from tuitions with my dad and I used to just like be really in love with the cycles. So I think the first cycle which I got as a present from my parents, I was like somewhere around 7 years of age and that day was a crazy day for me. Like for 3 days I was not able to believe that I really have a cycle of my own. I used to just wake up by midnight, go to next to my cycle and uncover it and then see okay yes it's it's true it's not a dream <laughs> and i think um, i still remember that cycle actually that was my first cycle and i always used to dream like to have more cycles to be with the cycles and like cycle more like do whatever i can with the cycles and that was nothing like a love which you kids usually get like oh we are you know grown enough to get a cycle then then there's next level of love. Then you are like, oh, now we are grown enough, now we want a motorbike. Mm. And then the next level, oh, now we are grown enough more, now we want a car. But for me, it was cycle throughout the way, throughout my life. Like um, when we were in our teenagers and teenage group and the rest of my friends, they were like, they were shifting to motorbikes and I was still in love with cycles. <laughs> I like literally used to shamelessly cycle to my school and everyone was like, oh, you are still cycling. And I was like, yes, because I love it. Um, in 2008, 10 days before my uh, exams, I injured my right hand, uh, like my major exams, I injured my right hand because I was doing a wheelie on my cycle. <laughs> <laughs> and after my major exams, I came to Delhi and almost lost any contact with cycle because Delhi was not a cycle friendly city back in 2008. So, and I almost forgot that, okay, I, I'm in love with something known as cycles. Then I went to Mysore in 2015 and then I saw cycles again because all my colleagues used to have cycles and I was like, shit, I was missing something really big in my life. And then I started cycling again. I started, the first day I cycled, I was like, I did, I was like, okay, now I need to do something big because I'm cycling after almost eight years. Mm -hmm. So I cycled almost 100 kilometers on day one. Wow. Like I said, from Mysore, I cycled all the way to the KSR Dam and then I came back and then I fell sick. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I could have, I could have saw that coming. <laughs> yeah, so I felt sick. I like it was really bad in temperature and heat in the body. All the muscles were cracking out, right. and then I was like, okay, now my body is ready. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now my body is ready to take the next adventures. It was just like a warming up for my body. Yes. And then I started doing this long distance cycling every week in Mysore. And then I was like, okay, now I'm, I'm getting more into this because I was working with some other companies over there. And then when I was coming back to Delhi, because then I was missing Delhi a lot. Because I'm in love with Delhi, I don't know why. But then I was missing <laughs> Delhi a lot. And then I was like, okay, if I really need to work in uh, tourism, if I really need, want to help travelers from across the world to experience India, I need to be in Delhi. Because that's the place 
where most of the people come and that's the place where most of the people need help mm. so then what we did then i cycled all the way back from mysore to delhi uh, through western ghats central india then i came to delhi and then Amazing. i cycled to jim corbett national park uh, so the whole stretch was almost 3300 kilometers and then i realized then i fell more in love with cycles so i think it's it's a kind of eternal love for me on cycles i so initially i was not even able to recognize that what are the reasons why i'm in love with cycles then i realized that uh, once you are on a vehicle which is motorized which is giving you artificial speed it also gives you artificial ego you know yeah like our natural speed when we are cycling when we are putting our best it's somewhere like 25 to 30 kilometers per hour so that's our natural speed that's what nature is giving us you know that's the power of nature which we are putting on a machine and then we are using it so uh, when you are cycling and we are cycling with the what nature is giving you that thing is giving you a kind of uh, uh, contentness like you are feeling a bit content with what you have and you feel happy and you feel a kind of eternal joy for that but when you are on motorized vehicle and when you ride for somewhere like 100 kilometers an hour or 120 kilometers an hour or 150 kilometers an hour that gives you a kind of that gives you speed that gives you thrill but that's really artificial because that's not you yeah it's something else so while cycling more and more i realized that the way you cycle it gives you a kind of uh, uh, a kind of knowledge or a kind of that how you to remain in your present how to be content with what you have and then at the same point of time experience anything in a really slow and natural speed on cycles you can share smile on cars and motorcycles you can never share a smile you bring a really beautiful personality to cycling that i never really thought of uh, especially because i mean i've always loved cycling um but I, my bike was always stolen <laughs> i've had two bikes stolen in toronto oh. um and had never uh, and i just i've never owned a bike here because Um, well, living in Bikaner is a little bit more challenging, but I would love to. And and when I see people on on cycles, I'm always like, I should be doing this. Um, but yeah, you bring this beautiful personality to it that I never thought of, especially with a mother who is a, a motorcycle enthusiast. Uh, she's also a police officer, so yeah. she's all about bikes. Um, but yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think that's that's really something I, I've never really put together. Um, So then, so when you came back to Delhi, um, you started working for Delhi Bicycle. Mm-hmm. So then, how did that transition into you actually owning Delhi Bicycle? <laughs> okay, that's that's another beautiful story. And uh, so, um, in 2016, I came back to Delhi, and I was exploring all the opportunity that what to do. Uh, so one thing I know, so I don't have any. fairy tale story of living a big corporate giant and then living my dreams no i was always aware that i don't want to work for anyone <laughs> <laughs> so i'm not the one who had this realization later after working for someone and then having something like this in his introduction that oh i used to work for this and then i left a dream job i don't have anything like that uh, i never applied for any job in my life that's one of the things because i was always clear that i don't want to work where someone asks me to be in office by 9 and then leave and then do it six times a week and then do it for 60 years next so i <laughs> i never wanted to do that i was aware so i when i came back to delhi i was just searching the options that what can be the best option to um, 
be free, earn money, and help people. So I thought that okay, the one of the best option is to start travel blogging, to write more about it, and then to share this with the people. At the same point of time, go for public speaking into the schools and brainwash some kids. Yeah, <laughs> that's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, to uh, so that I can have a big tribe. You know, everyone needs a tribe. Even I do. So I started off. I th- I thought of starting a, something known as Brainwash Incorporation. It didn't came came out at that point of time. <laughs> Maybe in future I will do that. At least it's brainwashing for good. I think yeah, that's, brainwash that's a, for good. A good way of looking at it. <laughs> like to brainwash people for all these things, including environment. That was one of the plan at that point of time. But then finally I landed up uh, uh, because there was love for cycling. So I was Google. I was doing Google that. What can I do with the cycles, and to be in the love with it, and at the same point of time have freedom to write whatever I want to write, and to do more experiment with the traveling thing. So finally, I was like, okay, the best thing I can do right now is to do something with cycling. I I was on the Google, I was searching things to do with cycling in Delhi, and the first thing was Delhi bicycle. And then it struck in my mind that shit. When I was in my college days in 2009 in University of Delhi, there was a Small booklet in my college library related to Delhi bicycle. I was like, okay, seems like seems like something is connected. Then mm. I just uh, called up the founder who founded Delhi bicycle in two thousand nine, Jack. And uh, in two thousand nine, he used to like go on his cycles in the lanes of old Delhi. And then he realized, okay, this can be one of the most beautiful ideas to explore Delhi. And then Delhi bicycle became the first city cycle company in India. Uh, there was before that there was nothing like a concept of telebike uh, cycling, and then uh, by the time in 2016 he was already in Goa. He moved to Goa in 2015 after living for more than 15 years in Delhi. Wow! So he's a kind of Delhi height. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then he uh, uh, confessed that he missed Delhi a lot, mm. even in Goa. So in 2016 I spoke to him that hey. What are the opportunities that we can work together? If I can write for you, or then I can do something else as well. Um, then finally, going um, out of coincidence, he was in Delhi by next week. Then we started talking. So he was in Delhi. Then I went and meet him, met him, and uh, it was a nice meeting. Then he asked that if you can join as a guide. But at that point of time, I became more uh, a bit of conscious. I was like, no, I want to focus more on writing and more on traveling. So I'm not really interested. And a week later, one of my friends, uh, Jasmine Joseph, he was like, "Hey, dude, you know what? I'm going to join Delhi Bicycle as a guide." And I was like, "Okay, it's better to be there with a friend than <laughs> spend some time over there." <laughs> so because of him, actually, I can say that I joined Delhi Bicycle, which I almost said no to. And uh, then things were really nice for the last two years. I explored and I imagined that how amazing this brand is, how much people are in love with this brand, and. Uh, Uh, how so many people are coming like to experience Delhi with us? Like we did the tour with CEO of Netflix, Reed Hashtag. We did the tour with ex CEO of Virgin Group. We did like with Australian uh, national hockey team. Few months back, we got the mayor of the Hague from the Netherlands. She was on the tour. <laughs> so people they just love this brand. Not just the tour. They are they are also in love with the brand. Um, sometimes we get the people and they are like, we want these T-shirts because. Your logo is really nice, <laughs> so they end up taking T-shirts from us. Although we don't sell T-shirts or anything like that, because for us, the major focus is on our love for old Delhi and our love for cycles, on showing people the city around. 
so we are not into merch- merchandise and all those things as of now but i think we should really be yeah you should that. be i want so a t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> so people want that so that's how i ended up uh, with delhi bicycle and when jack was not here obviously things were not going that far good then finally we came up with the realization that it's time that you know delhi bicycle needs someone in delhi and obviously as jack was not over here he wasn't goa he was not able to take all the decisions then finally i gave him an offer that hey do you want to like what do you really want to do with the brand because the brand is losing its feet in delhi and there are more competitors and people are going to the competitors not because they are good but because we are not we have some leakages in our pipelines mm-hmm. you know so we need to repair those leakages so then he finally came up with the offer that if i want to own delhi bicycle and if i want to take all all the shareholder shares of delhi bicycle so obviously at that point of time i didn't have that much money to buy delhi bicycle but then i really came up with the ideas and financial things because i did my graduation in finance mm. and well, that's, business that's useful <laughs> <laughs> so that came handy um to keep to come up with a deal and to make it and i also worked a lot with corporate lawyers because i was pursuing corporate law so i was aware with the procedure of taking overs mergers and different things so finally all those things so when you connect the dots you know that why things happened in your life the way they happened then finally i used all those things to come up with the final plans and to show him a plan that we can go ahead with and everything went really really smooth and even he was saying that even he didn't expect that things can go that smooth in <laughs> mergers takeovers but it happened so that's how delhi bicycle um came in the new hand but with the same old soul beautiful beautiful Yeah. I like that. I love that that phrase. That's great. So, now that you are permanently based in Delhi and you're not going anywhere and you also have a lot of history and roots here, you know, why do you think people should come to Delhi? What is it about Delhi that you think is truly so beautiful? Mm, that's true. So, uh if you will see even in the name, you know, it's in the name. <laughs> like the literal translation of this word Delhi is coming from the word dil which stands for heart. So and this city like can do anything to prove that yes, this is the heart of of not just not just India but of Indian subcontinent. And um I can prove it in hundred different ways that that Delhi is the heart of Indian subcontinent. Um so There was nothing like Delhi when Alexander came to India. His historians, his historians, they mentioned cities like Mathura. They mentioned cities like uh, and towns like Meerut, but they never mentioned anything like Delhi because at that point of time there was nothing like Delhi. Delhi came in picture in two thousand in nine hundred eighty by one of the Rajasthani kings, and since then it's been like a city of cities. More than ten different cities make what we know as Delhi right now, but it all started with this one name, Delhi. And over the different period of time, people start just just keep calling it delhi so in delhi you have i think more than 10 different dynasties who ruled over delhi so you have a amazing history of all these 10 different dynasties what they bought into delhi um, how delhi became a pot of uh, like a melting pot of all these cultures and how different languages evolved in delhi over the period of time how uh, delhi gave birth to urdu which is one of the most prominent languages in north india and pakistan and few more places in the world and how hindi and urdu became like sister languages that you cannot even make any differences when people are talking in these two languages how in delhi you have more than 1000 monuments and you have 
more than thousand stories behind all those monuments. You know how people tried to conquer Delhi, but no one was able to because it's hard to. You can conquer a body, but you cannot conquer a heart. You know, a heart is a, a heart is the most rebellious place in the body. So you can conquer the whole body, but it's impossible to conquer the heart. So Delhi, everyone tried to conquer Delhi over the different period of last thousand years, but no one was able to. Everyone thought that they can build forts, they can build palaces in Delhi, and then they can stay in Delhi forever. But that was not true. You have to conquer Delhi with love, uh, and that's what happened with all the ten dynasties. Whenever they constructed anything in Delhi, any fort and palaces, they were out of power in next ten or twenty years, or they were <laughs> out of power in next one or two generations. It happened with everyone. It happened with Lodi's. It happened with Sayyids. It happened. It happened with the uh, Tughlaqs. It happened with Mughals, and it happened with British as well. So it happened with everyone. Like Delhi can give you thousand different reasons to fall in love with the, the place, and if you are in love with Delhi, then Delhi accepts you. Then it shows you the other side of the Delhi. And at the same point of time, what's happening right now is the people they're not giving enough time to Delhi. Uh, and at the same point of time, I understand that why people are not giving enough time to Delhi because it's a chaotic city. It gives you. It is not easy to understand, but once you give time to Delhi, what once you give uh, Delhi a reason, like reason to stay back in Delhi and then to explore Delhi, it gives you all the reason to stay back more, to fall in love with the city more, and that's what I think made me fall in love with Delhi. When I came to Delhi in two thousand eight, the first thing I did was to start exploring, start exploring the forts, start exploring the hidden monuments, start exploring the gardens of Delhi. And uh, start exploring all the stories behind uh, all those monuments. And then when I left Delhi after my college, I started missing it more. Then I came back to Delhi, and then I was like, okay, it seems like it's a bit chaotic. And then I left for South India to stay over there in a more peaceful way. But then I realized now I'm missing Delhi more. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally I came back to Delhi in 2016. and uh, just to make it more friendly for everyone and that's what i think one of my dream is to even if i need to do it for free i'm ready to do it uh because that's what i love about delhi and i want to people to fall in love with the city and then to really feel the name that yes delhi stands for heart so that's why i'm in love with delhi that's really beautiful about you my goodness yeah. you're very poetic with your words oh Yeah, because I'm a poet. Oh well, they, <laughs> now I know. How come you never shared this with me? <laughs> I usually write in Hindi, and uh, in last few years I started writing in English. <clears throat> and the first poem I wrote, wrote was in Bikaner. <laughs> really? <laughs> yep. Oh. I was in fifth standard, somewhere around like ten or eleven years of age, and my dad was at border at that point of time, the border of India and Pakistan, because mm-hmm. there was a kind of War going on between India and Pakistan in 1999, and that was more like a patriotic poet poem for the soldiers who are fighting at border, and uh, that was a really amazing time. I'll not say it was a bad time. I'll say it was an amazing time because you never know what's gonna happen. It's it's a really tense time when two countries are fighting. You know, fighter jets are fighting, flying over your houses, and then that was the time when I wrote my first poem, and I was in Bikaner. And uh, yes, and then I realized that I yes I can, I can I can play with the words. Yeah, it must have been loud in Bikaner because I mean there's an air the the air force is located in Nag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So must have been a little bit scary. Oh, yes, I, yes. I get scared when I hear just the like training yeah. jets coming over the house. Yeah. So and and the thing is that we used to live in the Air Force Station. So mm. at the same point of time, I was also in love with the fighter jets because the kind of power which they give you. Like you feel amazing. Like I used to spend a lot of my time standing next to the runways and just to see all those fighters flying out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but at the same point of time, uh, the situation was not that good at that point of time. So I, it makes you, it makes you think deep. It makes you think. It it touches your soul, and then you cannot do anything but then to write. Mm-hmm. So that's why, a bit poetic. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Well. It has been lovely talking to you. Yes, yeah, same here. Um, you have a beautiful passion for cycling, and I really hope that yeah. more locals get to see yes. that in you. Because, yes. I mean, if we were able to share that kind of passion for things that should just be so natural for us, like, you know, cycles have always been like one of the easiest ways for transportation and it's so accessible and affordable. And yet we seem to have neglected it for these fancy, you know, status, status driven things. So thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you. Uh, I'm excited to share your story with everybody. Um, Yes. Thank you for your time. And I'm excited to take, our first Hada House tour oh, on yes. a Delhi bicycle tour. Yes, you need to come there soon, as soon as possible. <laughs> and most probably, I'll lead the tour personally. You better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna protest against everybody else. <laughs> well, how many people are on your team? So right now we are a team of somewhere around twenty people. Twenty people, amazing. Yeah. So there are like twelve guides, and six co-guides, and uh, three to four people in office. So it's a big team, and we have big dreams to take this passion like literally everywhere in India. The passion for cycles, the passion for stories and the passion for cities. And how to save cities in future, like we really need this. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. Ha, feeling inspired? See what other impact stories we have to share over on causeartist.com. Be sure to subscribe for weekly updates from Grant and I about content, giveaways, and new episodes from Disruptors for Good and Impact India. Looking to learn more about social impact and conscious living in India? Hit me up on Instagram at Jasmine Rain. Cheers, friends!